Today, I introduce you Philippa Torres, who has completed his travels of 194 countries just in time before the recent lockdowns. As there are 193 UN-recognised countries, Philip has now technically been to every country in the world. I originally met Philip and his travel buddy Rainer through the website Couchsurfing, where I allowed them to come stay at my house for free and I would take them both surfing. We ended up becoming good friends, travelling up and down the east coast of Australia, and after they left, I was inspired to make a world travel of my own. When I eventually made it to Europe, they ended up reciprocating my hospitality, allowing me to stay with them and their friends in Switzerland and Europe. We went to parties, they taught me how to hitchhike, and they even loaned me a snowboard and a car while they were at work. Not your typical travel experience, but one that you would only get from knowing locals. Now, I recorded this podcast at the end of 2019, before Philip had achieved his world travel goals. So this episode is a good insight into the more practical side of long-distance travel. I also talked to Philip about his favourite countries, the kindness of strangers, and which country he thinks is the friendliest in the world. The answer will surprise you. So join me for episode two, perhaps the last person to travel every country on earth. Guten Morgen, Philip. Hello. How are you? Well rested. Yeah, after after all the party. What party? I don't know what you're talking about. Mm. I'm married and I quit this party life a long time ago. Oh, the church party, the barbecue we had on Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. So uh So we have started already? Yeah, I guess so. Um You guess so? There was no like intro uh jingle and I can do that later. You should totally do that. Welcome, Philip, to my <laughs> podcast. Thinking about calling it Interesting People <laughs> Everywhere. Because there is interesting people everywhere. You just have to look. Yeah, 100%. You're or right. Or ask. <laughs> or ask. Excuse me, sir. Are you an interesting person? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I like Game of Thrones. <laughs> Oh, you need a jingle and uh, like a proper introduction. Oh, I can't wait. I'd love to do that. That'll be cool. And so you are Philippa Torres. Yeah, let's let's call it like that. My artist name is Philippa Torres right now. So I'm traveling under that. What's yours? Mark Hill. Oh. It's really easy to find on the internet. Yeah. It's, it's only the most common name in the world. <laughs> I told you already. Just change it. Hans. No, sorry. Mark <laughs> Hill. And just use two. No, three L's. All right. Well, welcome to my uh, podcast where I'm going to give you acupuncture at the same time. <laughs> Man, how how yes. how is that for an idea? Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Acupuncture with every, uh, with every podcast, you get a free acupuncture. They're not even that. Or like, I don't know. Like, it can be even the punchline for the for the for the podcast. Or like, I don't know. Like, the podcast with the needle in it, or like sticky one. Or I don't know what hell. <laughs> you can totally do like a. I don't know a thing about it. Yeah, okay. <laughs> That'd be funny. Hmm. Oh, <laughs> I <I'll laughs> <hear> the story. <laughs> That's really hurt. Acupuncture actually for everybody who has never done it, it doesn't hurt and actually usually should help. Okay, I'll have to get those microphones that clip on then, because this is like difficult to needle and speak. Unless I just like ask you a question. Yeah, you ask me a question. I can talk. Hmm. I'm treating Philip for migraines today. Yeah, I had uh, horrible uh, migraines the last years, but anyways. Hold on. So you've been to a hun- lift your legs up. Yep. You've been to 160 countries. Eh? Yeah, 160 countries. 
Mm. Whereas Australia is not the 106 years country. I just came from Vietnam and Cambodia and finished there the 106 years. Yeah, so you crossed back through a few. Yeah. There was the cheapest option for me was come, coming from Australia and going next to New Zealand. And it was just a welcoming opportunity to see old friends like Mark and other friends now in Sydney. And yeah, I catch up with the people. Like, I mean, it's not like every day you go across uh, the ocean and uh, stay a bit in uh, Australia for a while, surfing and, and uh, yeah, just catching up. So we'll see so where we're actually going to end up next because we're going to go to Papua New Guinea and uh, all the Pacific Islands. Yeah, I don't know. So why are you going to 160 countries? Jesus, what a deep, deep question. I do not know. It was just started back when my dad has this, has his, uh, well, business in... Uh, Asia, he, 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 well, funny we're doing it right now. He imports uh, acupuncture, all, all, let's say, just alternative uh, medicine, like from magnets, acupuncture, bandages, and I don't know. So we went down to Asia, China, China what the, sorry, my hands, <laughs> all around. So, yeah, we were determined to travel since young age, me and my brother, and I don't know, I kind of got the hang of it and I loved it and so I just went for it and like what five years ago I went the first time to South America and I traveled every single country in South America so you got the travel bug and I guess yeah once you're bitten and you've been to so many countries just anywhere you want to finish them all yeah yeah, yeah. yeah well I, I met a like a Canadian uh, film team or like a how should I call it like a group a group of travelers wait a sec Okay, so yeah, yeah, I just met these uh, Canadians back then in, uh, in uh, year f- year one for them in South America and Brazil on the bus, and uh, we were basically doing the same all South America. They said they're going Central and Caribbean after, and I was gonna go there anyways, and yeah, I just followed them and uh, joined them. Actually, I didn't follow them. I just joined them, and uh, yeah, we had a crazy good time in South America, and then I joined them for Central America and the Caribbean. After that, we did. Uh, oh no, no, we went to uh, Europe or every country in Europe. Then I did Asia. I did, did a little bit of Asia as well with them, and then I just went uh, just now East Africa, every country, and uh, now going to every country in the Pacific Islands. Wow, man! Yeah, you made some interesting people traveling. That's for sure. <laughs> interesting people, crazy stories. We have seen it all. Like, whereas you go on an easy cruise or sail trip in the Caribbean, you are up for a crazy adventure in uh, Africa. Just traveling there is so, so crazy. It's just been a crazy ride. I have so many stories and so many people I've met there and I've seen stuff. I've just, <laughs> you can just say, I've seen stuff. It was really, really funny and, and good. I'd say it's good. It's been a good experience. I have not been robbed once. I have not been in any trouble yet. Oh, <laughs> yet as well. I've been robbed. <laughs> in Amsterdam, actually. In Amsterdam? Well, let me guess. You were in a coffee shop. Oh, outside one, yeah. <laughs> well, then you were an easy tourist target, I'd say. Yeah, well, I was taken unprepared by the, by the truffle effect, and um, <laughs> I was, was too friendly. Too friendly what? I was too friendly at like three in the morning with some uh, local street walkers. <laughs> local street workers, okay, let's leave it on that. What they do? They steal your phone? I was funny because I've I've been Morocco. I've been to Morocco like. Freaking four times or something, and I got robbed by Moroccans that were sort of like a street gang in Amsterdam. In Amsterdam, oh okay. But I've never had any trouble in Morocco. 
Oh, they they came up to me. They pretended they wanted to like they were partying and they're like, oh, cocaine, cocaine. They're all snorting cocaine and they're like, oh, where are you from? You want to party with us? We're like, oh no, not really. And they tried to like give me some over your internet. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And then well, I was with the Japanese guy. We're on some truffles and we're sort of having a good time already. And then they're like, okay, now you buy. I'm like, no, <laughs> we don't want to buy. And then he's like, no, we open this for you. Now you buy. And like, how much? He's like, 50 euro. And I open my wallet and he's like, give me all your money. Like, pretending he has a gun. What? In his pocket like this, like pointing it at me. Or a knife or whatever. And I'm like... You're in the middle of Amsterdam or like in yeah, the like side right street? Yeah, like right in the main street down from the train station. Like, it was crazy. And then... Okay, we'll just turn around. There was nowhere to go. They had us in a corner in the stairs. What? Yeah, and I was like, I was going to run because I was quite fit back then. But this Japanese guy, he just I looked over at him and he's just like, oh... He had no idea what was going on. He spoke no English, so oh, I'd previously like given all these truffles to this Japanese guy that can't speak. <laughs> we couldn't even speak to each other, so the hell. We went out all night partying together, and then um, so they wanted all my money, and I'm like, oh, like quick thinking, I'm like, a deal's a deal, and they're like, what? And like a deal's a deal, and maybe it's like some honor thing, and he was gonna like, I fucking kill you, and then his friend grabs him, and he's like, hmm. they talk in like. Arabic, yeah. yeah, yeah, and then he's like, "Okay, deal's a deal," and they like gave me this cocaine and like took fifty euros. So, okay, what the fuck? So I was forced to buy cocaine. It's like ag- <laughs> aggressive marketing, I guess. So. <laughs> Jesus, still cheaper than in Australia, I guess. <laughs> Way cheaper. Well, <laughs> got you there. Well, I didn't. Yeah. It's like, Anyhow, like yeah. the, you, you went on partying with the Japanese guy. Yeah, man, we went like there was some random. And it was not that bad. I mean, you you bought some. It was you were forced to buy some. I mean, I heard worse rob stories. Well, I didn't <laughs> even get robbed. I guess. I was, yeah, I guess he so. knew I wanted it more than I did. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'd say so. It wasn't that bad, but I mean, what what did the Japanese guy do? He, did he even have to pay? No. Oh, he gave me half the money for it. <laughs> he was just happy. He didn't give a shit. He just flew over. <laughs> he didn't know what just happened. <laughs> no, he flew over from Japan. And he just was in this hostel. I couldn't stand to see him. He'd like literally like wake up, roll a joint like, and then smoke a whole joint and then pass out again for six hours. I saw him do this like four times. I was like, <laughs> fuck, I'm going to get this guy outside. He spoke no English. <laughs> What the fuck? Yeah. Great, great travel story for that guy. Mm. I meant, was he Japanese? No, I think he was Asian. He, he, uh He, I met the guy in the in uh, in Honduras, and that guy was just uh, diving, and he couldn't speak any English or any word whatsoever, apart from Chinese, I think it was. Until this day, he, this guy cannot really talk to me. <laughs> I have him on Facebook. It's funny, but man, th- this guy went for a diving course, and he didn't understand what is going on, you know. So he nearly died already, like putting on the glasses underwater. It was. It's just really <laughs> dangerous. Like I mean, you're going for a dive. It's not. You, you have to know the instructions. What your dive instructor teacher tells you. Like you can't just wait. Getting out the needles. Uh, we're getting getting out on w- open water and don't know what you're doing. Like, having a tango or like this is life threatening. You can't. You can't. You, you just can't. So the we were like in lowering water. No, like two meters down. And that's when you learn how to take off your mask underwater and put it on again without any bubbles on it. And he didn't get that. He was really struggling and he nearly suffocated <laughs> under the mask. So at one point, the Spanish instructor was like, yeah, that's not going to work. And they kick him out of the course. <laughs> and he just stayed there and just went like trying to swim because he also couldn't swim. I mean, yeah, it's how, pretty common. 
<laughs> we have that here on the Gold Coast. A lot of Asian tourists come straight off the plane, literally just walk into the ocean, and that's the last you ever see of them. They just like think it's like a swimming pool. Yeah, and they get sucked out of the water. Yeah, well, I've they, seen it in Iceland they, as well. Yeah, but they can't even swim, swim to begin with. Like they literally just—you'll see them like they will walk out and just disappear <laughs> under the water, and it's like kamikaze. <laughs> <laughs> like they never thought they have to swim like, I don't know Jesus man some people are crazy like yeah some people just don't understand basic <laughs> basic thoughts natural yeah, selection well I guess they grow up in cities and they never have to deal with the nature do you know what I mean yeah then you can't let them out and go there for that oh my god I've seen so many dangerous situations that could have been just easily avoided by just a human being just thinking for a second <laughs> yeah like Australians are more Like, we're raised to swim from a young age, so... Yeah. We're used to that sort of thing, I guess. Fine. Hey, do you want to sit on this edge here, and I'm going to needle your back? Back, yeah. Like, yeah. Sure. Well, I need my... I have to turn off, take off my shirt, right? Yeah. This is the sexy part of the uh, of the, uh, of the podcast, so Mark is going to breathe now deeply into the mic, so everybody can set the scene. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, I'll have to teach you uh, how to treat yourself, hey? If this works. Yeah, I think it's possible, man. You just need to do your arms and legs and treat the back of your neck where you get that. Well, you can treat your own neck, man. You feel along the back of your skull here when it's sore. And that's where your headaches will start from when you get a migraine, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it slowly starts and I get a strong yeah, so headache, like but, but how would I know which point? I don't know. Well, you just like push push your thumb into the back of your skull. It's called the occiput and find the sore points and just tap the needles in there. And it, what it does, it disperses that energy that builds up. But I wouldn't know how deep they have to be in there. You, just, get them out. you just tap it in, man. It only goes in like two or three millimeters. So. Okay. So hey, basically you're saying it's safe and you're basically saying every acupuncturist should be out of a job because everybody can do it themselves? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> man, I think it should be practiced in every home, man. Like, Everybody should know that. Just like yeah, CPR. Pretty much. Yeah, exactly. I think it's like a very easy, useful tool. And man, you don't need to buy a pill. Like, you can cure a lot of or relieve a lot of symptoms without pills, hey? Just yeah, if you can do that, 100%. Everybody should do that. Hey, so you're like a, a chronic couch surfer, yeah? That's how I met you in some random mining town in Australia. Um, so why do you do couch surfing? Until this day, I do not know why did we just cross you over there in Curie Curie. I don't know why and what happened. <laughs> But that, that was funny. Yeah. We, we just met by couch surfing and uh, kept in contact ever since. That's what I try to do. Like I meet people, I meet friends. I may, I mean, the the con the, the concept is like meet a stranger and leave us a friend or yeah, come as a stranger, leave us a friend. Sorry. <laughs> and yeah, a I totally say uh, it's a great freaking concept. I love staying in contact with these people and just making new friendships all around the world. It's just such a honor and better way to travel around than than, than just just going so, for the five star hotel. But what is couch surfing? If anybody doesn't know, <coughs> what is couch surfing? Yeah, well, um, as every single person normally in house have a couch, you just offer it to people, to strangers, to to other travelers. Uh, whereas uh, you just freely help them staying in your place for free. It's like Airbnb, actually, but for free. So you have the people come over and stay in your place, and uh, at the same time, they will invite you as in return whenever you are traveling to their place, or vice versa. Obviously, if you're going somewhere, you can just write to people. 
Okay, so, so it's pretty cool. You, you, you're never traveling alone and you always have a local who can just help you out and tell you where to go and where not to get robbed in Amsterdam. <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah, well, that wouldn't have happened if I was with a local, right? 100%. The local would have known the, the Moroccan mafia people, I guess. <laughs> so it's like kind of like hitchhiking, but with accommodation in a way. Hitchhiking and accommodation? Yeah. Well, it depends. There's people who just do it because of the fun of meeting people. I mean, people also just can take a normal plane or a bus and then just travel somewhere. It doesn't really have to involve hitchhiking. But yeah, a lot of people do that style. Once they're hitchhikers, they do card surfing as well. I host people normally. There's a lot. A lot. Yeah. Yeah, I find with, with traveling, like, it's always a much better experience as well. Like, when I'm not paying for everything, like, when I've been short on money, I'm forced to, like, go out of my way and gotcha. yeah pretty much or hitchhike and that's just like hitchhiking that's where i've met the most people like people will pick you up and say where are you from and they get excited because they've been hitchhiking when they were young as well and stuff they have the stories man it's really cool yeah normally yeah yeah it's like, just positivity and it's just like somebody's traveling so you're basically traveling because this person will uh will share their stories will share their experiences and share their momentum i mean the the, the the moments they just passed and they just tell, tell you what what they've been up to and what they're going to do next and it's just like you're basically in the scene there so you're breaking your routine and you're having a good time just having somebody over and just changing your daily routine and changing your input like i mean people who have been couch surfing at my place have been i don't know like coming from all the way up in the islands and just bicycling all the way down to like morocco like crossing all europe on a bike for example and I don't know, going all the way up, going down. I've seen people walking Europe. It's it's just op- my uh, well, mind opening and just eye opening. Like what the possibilities you actually have, and whereas whereas people who work from nine to five, they have the daily routine, will never actually know about these people unless they actually maybe meet them. Well, that, that's <laughs> the thing with long term traveling. You just can't afford to pay for accommodation every night, like. And it's good to maybe support those people going on those journeys with those experiences, yeah? <coughs> yeah, I mean, you, you, you support them, you, you, you open up your house for somebody you don't know yet and just thinking positively, having a good experience, that's 100% sure nice. But it's not about supporting them also. I'd say you have such a different experience. It's not about the money. I mean, it's not like when I'm traveling, I don't have any money. It is more like... I'd rather save that money I would have spent on a five-star hotel, let's say, for two weeks and get a trip out of that for, like, a month. And then rather spend that money I saved on my couchsurfing host, bring him a present, uh, invite him for food, for dinner, for drinks. I mean, th- this is rather way better spend, invest, uh, let's say, invested money than, than just on a five-star hotel, where, whereas you, at the end you're always a customer. It's not like all of us have been, like seeing the receptionist after or being friends with them <laughs> yeah like what i always say is like i go rather to a car surfing host or somebody i know a friend of a friend even because i have had so many people over by now i always have friends somewhere but uh I, this is always the, for me the same experience i rather go to uh, somebody at home who locally will support me and help me with their own ideas and input then going to a five or six star, five or four star hotel, and where you have the receptionist in front of you, and you'd be like, "I want to go there," and they'll be like, "Okay, this is the map. This is point X, as in where we are. This is where you want to go." Pushing the map forward and saying, "There you go. Good luck." 
Whereas when you're card surfing at home, the 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 guy will say maybe, yeah, well, I know even a better place or where you want to go is next door of my best friend, so let's just go there. They give me like five minutes, let me finish my work or change, and then we go together. So you're actually not traveling alone anymore, and you have local input, which you will never get because in a hotel, all they see on your forehead is the dollar sign and the money. Whereas the car surfer has a totally different in interest in you because he wants to show the best of his country, of his city. So you'll you'll be better off 100% car surfing, and it's not always about saving the money. Yeah, okay, and you're really getting the experience of a local because that's how they live their lives. Yeah, it is. Like, like it's called travel like a local. Because here, like, I meet a lot of European backpackers that come to the Gold Coast, and they say they don't like it, and that's because they only go to a place called Surfers Paradise, which is sort of a very cheesy tourist destination full of like clubs and bars. But they don't see the rest of the Gold Coast, which is like all the mountains and the surf and all of the crazy places. So a lot of people say they don't like Gold Coast? Yeah, yeah. They just go to the hostel in Surfers Paradise. They get really drunk and hung over and then they're like, fuck this and leave. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You can do this anywhere, obviously. It is always the research you do about the place. And if you're just going for a crazy party night and stuff, you, you won't really see the place. Like I've seen pictures of yours in the mountain here and it's beautiful. You can go anywhere and there's always going to be a, not totally inside a, in, I don't know, great place you have to explore. I mean, you will do that obviously better with a local. Yeah, like I found when I was traveling Eastern Europe by myself, it was just totally affordable to pay for hotels. So you wouldn't bother. Yeah, well then I would, yeah, well I wish I did because I you know, I'd be in the city center and then I'd walk around the city and after a while almost every city becomes the same. But you never really find those crazy locations outside of the city or Yeah, it's uh, it's Europe all we do is like basically you go around and see churches. <laughs> right? So it's always better to have some some somebody who tell you, "Nah, why not just take this train out and you have this beautiful scenery." Or I don't know. But it's such such I don't know. It's so much better having a friend or even a friend of a friend or whatsoever there i so mean at the end you always end up asking somebody for some right so not only do you do couch surfing like people host you but you've also hosted quite a few people yourself yeah i actually did uh, host way more people than actually people been hosting me i mean i did all south america i'd say in card surfing that was year one when i was on my own after that i joined these uh guys these canadians and the uh, uh, yeah, uh, joined them and we were mostly sponsored or we had like a like a stay or like we would feature uh, I don't know homestay or whatever. Like we we been doing it a bit differently, but also like in, we had an exchange between like sometimes we stay in hostels and we stay car surfers, depending on the group and the place and what we were up to and where we're going. But but this is this was always so much better than than, than just a normal holder, you know. <laughs> Yeah, so how many people have you hosted, do you think? Uh, I'd say easily more than 700. What? <laughs> That's <coughs> yeah. pretty insane, man. Yeah, sometimes I had groups over, which are like groups of more than 10 people. I mean, I, I'm honestly not a hostel and I don't have a big place. You could you could easily, actually, in here in Ost Gold Coast, by the way, anybody wants card surfer. You could easily host your 10 people. I mean, I hosted people and, and I'm s saying I hosted a group. My biggest group I hosted was 12 people. They were from Uruguay. And uh, we had a great time. But honestly, I cannot really host uh, 10 
for 12 people comfortably i don't have 12 beds obviously I, so i said you have to sleep either on the floor or share a couch i don't know but still i rather have this big group around and we cook together and have a crazy cool cool time where i still stay in contact with most of them after so i i, I, I loved hosting a lot of people so it was very easy to get like in three years more than 700 people coming in and out to my place crazy stories crazy connections crazy friendships crazy new experiences so mm. I, i would never you know I, uh, i would never miss it this time it was just amazing so i i, ho I hosted quite quite a lot of people actually more than myself surfing yeah okay so and now you have friends all over the world as well yeah yeah that's kind of like a power right yeah at so. one point either it's not like you're a celebrity but you're shooting out on somebody on facebook hey guys i'm going there does anybody have a contact or someone and there's always somebody going on dm me like hey yeah i have this person there and they own this place just give them a shootout say you're a friend of mine they'll take care of you this makes you feel so much more welcome in the country in a place wherever you're going if you're going alone whereas where you just book a tour and whatever you're just always even if you're going alone are alone so it's kind of like a power right hmm Yeah, well, like, I mean, if something ever goes wrong, you can always be a refugee in some of those countries. You always have a, somewhere to go, right? <laughs> refugee there. Wait, so you've actually hosted refugees too, right? Yeah, me, my dad, and family, we did that as well. Like, we, we had... Oh, my mic was not there. Sorry. <clears throat> yeah, we we hosted quite a lot of people, helped people. Like, I, I would also, like, honestly, like, I would go on highway when I come back from work from another city in Switzerland, like, driving an hour back. I would slow past gas stations or sometimes halfway for sure stop there even if i wouldn't have to just maybe to see if there's somebody hitchhiking and giving them a lift so i ended up sometimes picking up people and uh yeah having crazy cool stories and people like i rather have a chat than than being alone in the car or sometimes i have my work colleague there and he'd be like what are you doing i'm like these people are cool let's go join them and he's like i don't know them like typically it's like i don't know them I, uh, who are they what are they gonna do and it's like let's just see and then they had a crazy cool story and then they get out of the car and he'll be like man that was a cool experience next time i'm going to pass somebody i'm going to pick them up as well it's just cool you're helping this another human being like why not so 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 i even had people get hiking and i just spontaneously hosted them in the evening yeah that is a hundred percent fun <laughs> yeah okay it was when i came back um from europe to australia it was quite a strange attitude people were like oh you you got out just in time there's you know the refugee crisis like, the refugees are coming which kind of pissed me off because i was busking a lot on the street and i met a lot of them and we just ended up playing music every day and like it was quite actually a lot of fun you know they're very friendly people like everybody else <coughs> yeah they're just human beings like fleeing a, a, a freaking war zone i mean they're just normal human beings from somewhere else like i mean i don't know from how, how to explain it to normal same person it's just is this somebody in uh, in in an emergency case who needs help whereas when i'm opening my house to car surface i might as well just do the same for refugees and that's what we did my my dad did this this quite extensively as well so he he uh, he, he loved having people over it, it doesn't matter who and what it's like it's, it's a human being who needs attention it needs help and why just not open it if you have the possibilities even if i wouldn't i would just give them half of my mattress or whatever like, i don't care I, i rather have the the good feeling of helping somebody than, than having somebody outside in the streets like these people have families and just literally getting out of a war zone so yeah 
Yeah, and I guess some people are scared. It's not a, it's not a big deal. Like people are scared of that. People are oh these these refugees and whatever. When you see now Germany, there's no uh, no big travel in that, or there's like Austria or, or Switzerland. It's not like their economy has been flooded down, or these people have issues or whatever. Like it's it's all fine now. They're all integrated, and these people actually learn the languages and stuff. I I mean, it's a whole huge uh, different topic, but. I'm also not really that that well informed on that, but I just know if I see a human being in in in, in need, I I I will try and stop to help them and not uh, and be sitting on the other big long side and say, oh no, no, these 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 refugees, why and how could you? Yeah, I've honestly had more trouble just in Australia in the party areas of other drunken Australians <laughs> yeah. than any foreigner <laughs> or anything overseas. Um, but so you've been to 160 countries now, I think. Yes. Yeah, and all of America, huh? All of America, all, all. Yeah, well, at one point we covered it already. I mean, it's it's all America, all Canada, America, Central America, all South America, Caribbean. including like Guyana, Guyana Francesa, French Guyana. It's all these countries nobody ever goes to, and uh, also the Caribbean, even some Caribbean countries which are not really independent islands and uh, UN recognized but yeah we went uh, sailing on the Caribbean we went like in the bus in South America we went on planes in Central America Canada I had a stop over yeah they've been all all there all Europe except for Norway we're missing all uh, West Africa and uh, yeah Central oh really Africa. you haven't been to Norway no I don't know why oh that's <laughs> a nice trip man just go to Sweden one day and hitchhike over the top Oh yeah, I hitchhiked already to, to Sweden. It was not that much fun, actually. Hitchhiking. To be honest, uh, Sweden is one of the only countries in the world I've seen and reckon uh, it's not that good of a country for hitchhiking. They're, no, they're, they're not. They just actually. told me, like, these people are, like, not used to hitchhikers. They'll be, like, just passing you and, like, just, like, thinking themselves, like, why are you not taking the bus, which is, like, $10? Yeah, it's a rich country thing. Yeah, but right. as we're saying, like, it's the experience. It's, like, the people who pick me up and it's fun. So I made uh, really cool friends there as well, which picked us up me and my mexican friend it was really easy in denmark and then once we were like crossing the border in sweden it was so hard we were standing literally five hours on the side of the road which was no fun whatsoever and then one guy just totally saved us and they were so cool we they still i still have these guys on facebook and stuff like they're just shoot out to these guys they're like so generally nice and friendly and saying like yeah here in sweden people don't like that whatever but we'll we saw you they actually passed us and came back and picked us up so to see there's always nice people everywhere but i reckon really like of all the hitchhiking i've done and have done quite a lot i i'd say sweden was really really hard so i'm not gonna go back sweden hitchhiking no norway i would maybe fly there if i'm coming back there and just see my friends there i actually have friends there but i have not been there <laughs> okay i I had the same or very similar experience actually i crossed from denmark tried to hitchhike for like it was like eight hours or something i had no luck so i decided to go back to the train station and as a joke i put my thumb out uh, at the train station um, oh but while, while i was trying to hitchhike people were driving past and like yelling obscenities at me like thinking <laughs> it's funny <laughs> anyway so some guy pulls up i'm right outside the train station he's like oh where are you going i'm like to the train station it was like 10 meters away and he just laughed at me yeah. and he said okay here's my train pass it's gonna ex- it's for all of sweden and it expires tomorrow you can have it and what? Like, yeah nice. and he's like oh you're australian right i'm like yeah and he's like do you surf and i'm like yeah and he's like oh it's the surfing day of the year at this town like north of gothenburg like i can't take you but my friends will be there no way and he's like yeah go to this surf spot Fuck, and like they'll lend so you cool. a board and everything and 
Yeah, so I like caught this. It's the surf spot's like south of Gothenburg somewhere. So I caught the train up there and met everybody and paddled out into the surf. And yeah, it was great. Like random surf in Sweden, man. I didn't know you can surf in Sweden. It's so cool if somebody puts up and. Well, neither did I. It's totally like a faith in humanity restored, right? <laughs> yeah. He pulled up and gave you a ticket. That's so amazing. It's so fun. Okay, so I'm going to take these needles out now, but I was going to ask you what uh, what's your favorite country or countries and why? Well, I always have like the top three, which is uh, Colombia, Mexico, and uh, Brazil, whereas Brazil and, Colum uh, Brazil and Mexico will be uh, number two. <laughs> I just love Colombia so much because of the culture. And I've been, it was one of my first trips ever f abroad, long and alone. And I didn't really know what to expect. It's like 10 years back. this crazy long time back ago. And I just was blown away by the welcome. And like, these people were so genuinely nice and friendly to me. And whereas, whereas people like before I left in Europe told me, what are you doing there? They're going to take your kidney. They're going to steal you and whatever. And nothing ever happened. Like we had a good time. We went to the Caribbean. We went to the Pacific. We went on the mountains. We went around. Like I had so cool local friends who helped me around. And we had what was it, like four months trip. It was just insane. It was so fun. And uh, I wouldn't mess. This, this time was just like generally like nice. So this kind of also got me on the travel back. And then after that, when I lived in Spain, I had some Mexican roommates and they invited me. And I went to Mexico, stayed there for two months. And it was, I fell in love with the country as well. In Brazil, I just went for the World Cup. And this was an insane time. So I had to come back and had a great time there as well again so i'd say these two countries or uh, three countries are amazing which are obviously latin countries which is just like my genuine love for the latin culture and people i love it yeah that's something i noticed it's um like culturally culturally rich so like these latin countries have a lot of dancing it's like partying is like down to a fine art form there but also too the most fun countries uh, i noticed they're not the richest countries like Yeah, so like in the Scandinavia, Norway, that sort of thing, they don't pick up hitchhikers maybe because they're not that open-minded. Um, same with Australia, like it's like we're too rich to have fun. And it's funny like... the Maybe, yeah. Yeah, it's like the poorer people are just more friendly. Like maybe money isn't obviously the uh, route to happiness, hey? Not necessarily, yeah. 100% on that. It, 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 it's been uh, crazy for me seeing that in India as well, where I stayed months doing an internship and it was just like generally nice friendly cool people who were like open-hearted genuinely like, like just like a real smile i don't know if anybody knows that anyone in europe it's just like this happy happiness like hey welcome to my country I, we don't have much but please follow me i show you my favorite place or my favorite place and then were like proper favelas like poor poor areas where nowadays nobody would say like you should go whatever And I had a great, great, amazing time because the the the, the 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 those people who were just actually so called poor, I'd say they were way richer than most of the fucking people in Switzerland. Or whereas, where they have their proper job and money, they're still driving around with the worst face ever. I don't see them smile. Whereas, where I go to Colombia, Mexico, or wherever, a Latin country, or let's say per se a, a poor country, I just see happy people, people smiling, generally like open-hearted. Telling you, welcome to my country. Let's have a good time, and I don't know. It's 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 been uh, generally like yeah, 
welcoming experience. That's why I went out of the out of Europe. That's why I went traveling. It has always been for me a open-hearted, open uh, arms, welcoming country. So, so what side. do you think it is? I mean, is it because they work less or work more or have less money? So it's like oh, that's very easy actually. Uh, it is. You say it in Spanish or uh, to translate it. Uh, these people work to live, whereas we in Europe are living to work. So oh, okay. just saying that is a huge, huge difference because these people will spend their last dime on you or on their outgoingness or like their family or whatsoever. Like these people will like they at the end of the. <laughs> The week, work week, or whatever, don't have a dime, but they have lived, and and Europeans just I don't know, at least sad. like where I live, they look sad people, like, <laughs> in that way, like like they're literally like, oh, what's going on tomorrow in work, and it's like they're just in the vo working zone like a robot. Hmm, so it's like maybe saving, trying to save money. Yeah, saving hundred percent. They have to get saving culture. It's unnecessary. Yeah. We have uh, some uh, robbery going on in the neighborhood, so somebody's stealing a car right now. Nice, yeah. Don't mind the beeping. It's not that hard. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not dead yet. I survived acupuncture. It was great. <laughs> Thank you, by the way. That's all right. I'm going to close those windows. Hey? Yeah, I don't know why you just opened them. Yeah, anyways, I'd, I'd say if you if you travel these poorer countries where you've been warned that warned about and like just don't go or whatever i i will tell people go because you always have a safety mechanism by couch surfing which you can use like you have a local who will help you in either way as in yeah giving you ideas and just like uh, announcing you like yeah you can go there you can go after this time there and whatever and then then then, then you will experience in a poor country but still have great friendships and actually see how happy people can be in these countries and i'm no way saying this is a better way to live or whatever i'm just saying money won't be the make you happy because i just saw it like <laughs> it's just people mm. who live in poorer countries tend to be actually happier because they don't really focus on money whereas they focus on maybe family they focus community. on community on life and on, on just joy which doesn't necessarily have to be connected to money so what do you think's the friendliest country you've been to well the friendliest country 100 percent. i just been before I'd I'd say it was always Colombia, but to be honest, we just finished all the Middle East, and uh, I went to Iran, and uh, a lot of people told me not to go as well. And I'm always going to these countries where I'm not supposed to go because I always end up with a crazier story and a crazier experience where nobody would have like actually guessed this will happen. So I went to Iran, and I was totally mind blown away. I can tell you, like I have never seen a country generally like this welcoming this 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 warm this 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 i don't know i don't have words for that just being this open to tourists to people to 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 enjoy their country like every single person there came up to me and said welcome to iran and i'd be like oh you speak english and they were like no well they actually know even the oldest people the elderly like no uh, uh welcome to iran do you speak english no <laughs> but they're just like be happily like welcoming you to their country and just smiling genuinely smiling they wouldn't know where, you, where you're from they wouldn't know what you do they wouldn't even care if you're American or whatever like they, they, they don't care they they just genuinely like want people to come into the country and they're all so friendly and nice and it's not dangerous it's not like you like bomb or whatever they say on the news I, I actually went there and I didn't give a shit about uh, my visa situation because unfortunately whereas you go to Iran and you get the stamp which I did 
uh, you're not allowed to travel to America anymore, apparently. So maybe that's why they're so friendly because they're just such en- an enemy of America. <laughs> <laughs> so you're opposite. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, opposite to what everyone's thinking. Yeah, <laughs> yeah maybe, maybe like the Americans. Oh my God, they're going to take our ter- uh, tourism away. <laughs> I don't know, maybe they're just like so far removed from the culture now, you know. Maybe, maybe, yeah. It is it's 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 been a crazy crazy, genuinely nice experience. I've seen the culture, I've seen the people, I've seen so many places and just like felt so home. <laughs> so I actually stayed longer. So normally I travel like these Canadians and he couldn't come because uh yeah, Michael doesn't have the, the visa and the visa I don't know, the arrangements would take like uh, two months. So he couldn't come and join me for that trip. So I did it alone. But I wasn't actually alone forever. Like I, I had friends due to a long, long history of connecting with friends who actually welcomed me there in Iran. And then it went just from their office. It's always like one contact and you're like done. You're just off the charts and you get the contacts of another person, of somebody else who films, who do this, photography. So I had every day like some going on and I didn't have like sponsors or whatever. I just said every day somebody just generally coming into my life saying, hi, I'm this, I'm doing this, I'm a photographer. I look at this and today I want to show you this because generally like that's my country. And I, literally like people wouldn't let me pay. That was so crazy. Like people like they were all into the honor, you know, like I'm going to a store. I just want to buy water. So my friend, she would like paying. And I was like, why didn't this guy do, accept my money? She's like, your money no good here. <laughs> it's just like, it's just like everybody wants you to like be a, having a good time and feel welcome. I mean, I at the end could pay at one point, but it's just like so funny, right? Like people like, you're in a small kiosk and you want to buy a water bottle. And the guy just like shakes his head and just points on the girl next to me. And he's like, she'll pay. And I'm like, no, 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 don't let her pay. And then he's like, no, no, no. And she just says, say, okay, your money's not good here. He doesn't want your money. He wants my money. <laughs> it's just been... Just so funny and friendly, really. This it is, uh, and a great, great country. Seriously, yeah. I had a similar thing happen in Ireland. Every time I go to buy a drink, they're like, "Where are you from?" I'm like Australia, and they're like, "Guinness on the house." <laughs> and then I'm like, like well, turn to the guy next to me, and I'm like, "Why am I getting free Guinness?" He's like, "Where are you from?" I'm like Australia. And he's like, "I'll get his next Guinness." <laughs> what the hell? That's yeah, funny. It turns out they don't like the English very much because of their history and. Ah, uh, oh, okay, okay. So okay. they kind of. You know, having a affiliation with us there. Yeah. Okay. That's that's cool. It's funny. Yeah, if some stuff like that happens, it's it's just generally cool. And uh, yeah, also in Iran, I did a which you can actually. I think <laughs> you can do that for the whole trip you're doing there. I just did a 24 hour challenge, which I've never done before. Uh, so I did a uh, well, a little, little self experiment and just did 24 hours without any money. Whereas what I would go out of the house and leave my wallet and passport back. I, I left it there on the table, closed the door, and started filming from there. My friend left me in the middle of the city, and I had from there on to find shelter, food, drinks, and literally friends, which I successfully did in like 24 hours, and it was a crazy cool ride, and I met so generally nice, friendly people who understood that, and I mean, I have never done anything like that. It's so weird. You can see these videos, but then actually doing it is such a different, huge step. Like, you actually like feel like a beggar, but... It also brings you down to earth to see actually and have that experience. What if you don't have anything? So like, say we're we're talking about Syrian refugees. They would come to other countries and they don't have money. They don't have like a shelter. They they're refugees. So whereas you're putting yourself into that situation, it's, it is mind blowing to actually experience that and actually see how how harsh that can be on people and how weird it feels. 
and I, I suppose that would be quite scary at first. Like the idea is scary, but then actually doing it isn't that scary, right? No, for me it was the opposite. For me it was that idea was just for me exciting because like ah I'm gonna do this video whatever. The moment my friend drove away, <laughs> I have it on the entry on camera. He drove away and I'm just ha- holding a camera filming it and I'm just like shit 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 shit. Because <laughs> no, I didn't know where I'm gonna go, what I'm gonna do, and this is like just getting real, you know. Well, it's not yeah. Well, let's do Iran too, you know. It's not yeah. Let's go travel Iran with no money and see yeah. what happens. Yeah. Good idea. Yeah, yeah. So nobody, nobody has done that yet. I'm, I still have to edit it. I hope I can edit it the next two days and actually successfully publish it. And it will be. I'm. I'm. I'm quite sure it will be quite a popular popular video because it's just showing how genuinely nice these people are. These Iranians are so engaged in that, and just it just was a cr- cool experience. Like I went there. I had no money. I I hitched a motorbike into a center. I I met like local people. Uh, security guard showed me around in his park. I met these young kids and they are like, ah, oh, let's come join us. We have a shisha. Then invite me to the house. We had food there. This guy had a PlayStation account. Whereas this, you have to remember, this country has no connections to America whatsoever. So you can't use a card. Any of your cards won't work. Any American pages don't work. You can't use PayPal. So if you don't bring enough cash, you anyways at one point fucked actually. So this guy actually was one of the only kids, which is funny to know, had a PlayStation which worked because he had like VPN in between and registered a different way and had a friend in America who used PayPal and he could log on into this PayPal to use it. Because you know, the PlayStation nowadays, you have to have this membership and as they can have cards and can pay because you need a Visa or a MasterCard, which you you don't have as Iranian, you can't play PlayStation. You're basically banned from PlayStation. So that kid was the only kid in Iran I know who was able to play PlayStation. It was so funny. I was mind blown away, like actually knowing that fact that he's what he just told me. (laughs) That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Like if you if you believe if you just think about it, it's just like crazy if a country like that gets banned from some American context and stuff. Like it's just like it's just insane. This just as normal people, just you and me. They're they're normal, nice, genuinely friendly people, and they just cut off from all the rest of the world. They they can't can probably travel. They are like banned. Like even if you're a doctor, you can't go back anymore and t- t- to your work as an Iranian doctor in the US and stuff it's just what is this why so how do you actually if you're going to Iran how do you pay for things do you have to take cash yeah like I said I just took a lot of cash and uh, at one point had a card which should have worked but it didn't because two weeks before they had another sanction and apparently that wouldn't work anymore so even an international hotel couldn't take your card. I don't know if now in war and whatsoever, but normally you have to just take cash. You just like Cuba all over again. At least when I went last year in Cuba, I couldn't really use a card there. So they also have sanctions too or something like that. Anyways, so, you so have what, to every, cash. every credit do credit cards exist in Iran or is, is they, they they have their own local cards? Let's say card. It's not card, credit cards because you have to remember, which I also didn't know by then, but I never realized. But Visa, Mastercard, all of these cards, they're American. Mm. Is there is there a European one? No. So they have like just this even the European banks use Visa and Mastercard, which are sanctioned and not sanctioned, which are issued from America. So they have a monopoly on the whole industry. hundred percent, and I didn't actually realize that till till Iran, till I was like, oh damn, that's American. You can. Maybe we need to start like a UN card. Yeah, right. I don't know. That 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 might be a gap, or just like maybe a Bitcoin connected Mastercard or whatever. Fee free. Yeah, something like that. It was just ridiculous. Like if you don't take enough cash, 
if you have an expense you're not not really prepared on as a backpacker you can get screwed over pretty fast there which i don't want to condone like don't go there i'm saying like you have to just be prepared <laughs> like but even anyways like i, I can tell you like if you go in this country and you you're alone you 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 will be always having good local people who will help you out like i i don't see anybody being on the street like i did you know what we said talk car surfing and stuff i did like locally direct car surfing i would like talking to these people and say hey i've been getting food i've been getting a tour i've been getting a free motorbike ride so all i'm missing now tonight is a, f- a stay to stay somewhere in somebody's house and that's what i got like directly by talking whereas with car surfing use an epic application whatever i just talked to a random person on the street and they said yes so yeah, it is crazy, but it worked out. Actually, yeah, I've I've met hitchhikers. They like hitchhiked down from Canada to. They're trying to get to South America, and I, I met them in like El Salvador, and they would just literally go around to houses at night and knock on people's doors. <laughs> that's that's and, like, so random and crazy. Like, hey, can we stay here? And they're like, what? Like, yeah, and they'd feed them and house them. They did that every night, and they did that in India as well. That's how they started. In India, crazy. Yeah, like they just knock on random people's doors and they'd welcome them in. And but what's kn- their name? Were they French? I don't know. Maybe. There are two French I, I met in, in Thailand down there and they, they did it the same and they called themselves uh, uh, something traveler. The optimistic traveler they're called. They now get, even got uh, nowadays got funding. So they started apparently in po- Portugal and ended up in Thailand without no money. Uh, without no money. Uh, with no money. Yeah. So uh, they, they would go hitchhike and they would ask people optimistically on the way like if they can have food shelter stay with them or whatever and then apparently work out to thailand so that's crazy man actually no it was my friend he's been to probably as many countries as you he was like a, a tour guide in the amazon jungle and in africa nice um now he's living in estonia in estonia there's like a bit of a tech industry like in thailand there, yeah actually. man thailand is crazy i've never seen an eastern european country that that developed mm. you've seen that city it looks crazy like skyscrapers and shit I think it's my favorite city, actually. Like, it's crazy cool. Yeah, it's beautiful and nice. I had, no, I had the best New Year's of my life there. It was so fun. And now I've seen New Year's like in crazy places. Like, I went on a boat in Australia, in Sydney, for New Year's under the bridge watching the fireworks. Wow. And I'm still telling you, Sonia was more fun. Okay. And that's not about the money. It's not about the boat. It was about the company and what we had. Like the people there. It was so cool, man. Unbelievable. It was so much fun. And it was cold. <laughs> it wasn't like, like summer in Australia. Mm. It, was, hey, it was fun time. Have you been up into Finland? Uh, Finland, yes. I went to Helsinki to uh, the Clarion Hotel. I don't know if anybody knows that. That's a pretty cool hotel. Um, I didn't stay there. I sneaked in there, mm. obviously. So I hitchhiked from Russia while the World Cup was going on there for a week and stayed there with some friends of friends. And uh, went to the Clarion Hotel and uh, waited for people because you have to stay there to actually go up there to the pool. But I knew about the pool, so what I did, I waited in front of the escalator, and some young people just checked in and walked up, and I just joined them in the elevator. Said, "Hey, what's going? What's up?" And uh, they were going up, and I said, "Do you mind just pushing the button for the pool for me? Because my girlfriend is sleeping, and I don't really want to wake her up. And I just saw you getting in, so maybe you can do that." And that's what they literally did for me. So. They let me in, so I went all the way up to the pool floor, which you normally can't access, so there's nobody. So that pool, you go inside, it's a proper spa, like a big place, gym and whatever, and it has a pool on top, a rooftop, which has a glass uh, floor. So it's it's kind of a little tip nip out of the hotel, going like two meters outside into the f- air, which is transparent. 
So you're literally flying or floating into the air in water. So you see the, f the, the street down below you. You see Whoa. the water. It's so cool. It's just when there's swimming there. It was fun. Fun experience in Finland, by the way. <laughs> also, like going to parties without being uninvited and without tickets. Oh, and yeah, I've done that as well a lot of times. You just see like random host parties. Okay, we're going there and we just go there and film it. It's all possible. It's all about your attitude and people you're with. Actually, I did that in England, man. I went to Glastonbury without a ticket. So I was in London. What is Glastonbury? It's this massive festival. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, no, I saw the Rolling Stones and like it was wow. crazy. Yeah, so I was like looking for my friends or whatever in London when I was staying there. Like the whole of London had literally migrated to Glastonbury. Uh. And you can't get a ticket. You have to apply like two years in advance. And um, so like I hitchhiked there and I was like on a Wi-Fi somewhere and I saw someone from like my hometown was coincidentally going and I messaged her and she... A hometown as in here from Australia? Yeah, yeah, from the Gold from, Coast. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and she ended up, I messaged her and she picked me up and we're in the car and she's like, uh, so how are you, like you have a ticket? Yeah, there, and yeah. I'm like, no, no, I was going to try and get a job. She's like, oh, it's a bit late for that now. Like this festival starts today. What are you, crazy? Yeah. And she's like, actually, I just broke up with my ex-boyfriend. Like, and like, it's like a photo ID ticket. And he's like, you look exactly like him. No way. And she's like, I have his ticket here. Fuck him. Here, you can have it. Come in with us girls. And No way. Yeah, and like I passed the checks and everything. And Fuck, that's amazing. Yeah, <laughs> that's so much luck. It was amazing. And these girls like set up this huge like Mongolian style teepee. And uh. I didn't have like a tent, but I still like, you know, met some other people. And, and stayed, stayed around them. and had yeah. fun. Oh, way. That's so cool. Yeah, that, that's just when you get out of there in the world and actually put yourself out there in situations you don't want to like seek discomfort shoot out to yes theory if anybody knows and uh, have fun but no i could have spent thousands just going to that festival and preparing and all this stuff but it just worked out even better because i didn't yeah sometimes stuff like that works out just like just go for it and just crazy shit happens really i've been to, to festivals and stuff like that as well it's like by chance or just walking in or people giving them a band just because they leave home early It just it has been a crazy fun ride, uh, nonstop. Un, un <laughs> Actually, I have some friends you should stay with in Finland because I went and stayed up north a bit. Yeah, but I was there already. I'm not going back. But you just went to like Helsinki. I went right up in the Northlands and did like cross country skiing and sauna every day. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, that's like real Finland, man. They, yeah, and then you jump in the lake. And yeah, I know, I know. We did that in uh, Sweden. You jump in the lake. Oh, we did this also in uh, Lithuania so fun you just cut off a, a nice uh, lake and just jump into the little hole full of uh, <laughs> ice they're, they're friends the they're a funny culture too they don't like they're not super extroverted and outgoing like they'll sit there at dinner and be totally silent but yeah, they're, just, yeah they're like really weird at this point yeah <laughs> they're so f like welcoming and friendly as well like the yeah they're just not that warm as, as in personality I'd say yeah but in their in, in their own ways, way in, in their, their own actions, way yeah. Yeah, yeah in their own way just funny so you went to afghanistan as well yeah we went the middle east every country so i had to go to afghanistan at one point and i crossed to afghanistan from uzbekistan i did some preparations and uh well research i met friends of friends and somebody at one point gave me a contact of a guy who i've never met yet but he just sent me like so many voice messages on uh, whatsapp and explained me how he did it like two weeks earlier so I just did what he did. So I went crossing from a little town which is called Tamis, crossing into Mar Sharif. So you 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 cross the border of Afghanistan. You get a visa before, obviously, 
and uh, cross in there and you'll be the only tourist ever coming there. <laughs> the guy will just look at you, what are you doing here? They'll, they'll check all my bags. They didn't really know what to do with me and just let, let me uh, let me pass. And I just had a, a, a taxi ride from the border to this hometown where I had a couch surfer. Once again, security mechanism. As I'm like, I'm using couch surfing as a safety feature for my life because <laughs> I know this local will not steal shit from me or like get me in trouble. He'll actually do the opposite and actually show me around, which he did. So I stayed in his family and he picked me up at the station where the cab driver dropped me. So I had a 100% safe, great, genuinely fucking cool experience in Afghanistan. I met cool people for well, just two, two, no, three days. Then I flew out uh, to Pakistan. Okay, where you got deported from. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wanted to leave that out, but yeah, I, got, I went to oh, sorry, Pakistan man. and... Uh, no, it doesn't matter. It's just like a, I didn't want to say it negatively. But yeah, I, I was deported from Pakistan because they had uh, visa issues as in uh, their page didn't work. So they, I'm they still on that. I reckon it's their fault and then they find apparently the island 5,000... No, five, five, six, 6K. It was like 6, six uh, K for handling a a non non visa passenger to the to the country whereas it says on the page it's visa on arrival i had it all sorted out but the page didn't work so the so official computer system had no internet yeah and they so. well i don't know man the page didn't work not, not really there was no internet it worked and that guy on the migration looked at it on his phone and he said that's not my problem and i'm like well i'd say so that's quite your problem because if the page doesn't work, it's not really my fault. You can just, I mean, there's a freaking terminal which the terminal on top says visa on arrival, and he's just like, "Nope, you're going back." And I'm like, "What do you mean you go, I'm going back?" And he's like, "Going back to Afghanistan." And I'm like, "Bro, I can't go back. I don't have a visa. I have one way visa. So let me just change my flight. I don't care about that. I'm flying directly to Qatar. So I mean, fuck that. In in in, in, in any matter, like I'm not feeling welcome anyway. So anymore in this country. So uh, yeah. Then anyways, they kind of like. I had like two officers like forcing me like they accompanied me to the car to the to the plane and then they just fly me back back out of there again. Like, there was no way for me to stay and what to to one yeah mm, you were like trapped between two border zones. I've seen this before. Actually. No, no, it was like in a transit zone of the airport basically. You can no, get flew. on some borders though. You can get stuck because you can leave that country. Well, you can enter the other one, yeah. Yeah, and then you can't enter the other one, and then you're stuck between. Like, have you ever had this? Yes, between Turkmenistan, it was the same shit. So you need an invitation for that. And I went actually into the country, like five kilometers is the border post over there. And that guy didn't let, want to let me in. So apparently, you can look it up. There's a 50% chance that the Turkmenistanian uh, will not accept your visa. That is not a deportation. You just simply won't accept your visa. Just so you're already randomly in there. But that guy came in too and was like, what are you doing here? What is the purpose of your visit? Where is your invitation? And I was like, I don't need the invitation. Yet. That is wrong. I'm like, that is not wrong. I called the embassy. It's like, then the embassy is wrong. How are you call- talking to me? Like totally fucking military asshole. Literally a fucking asshole. And uh, I just calmly like repeated it and answered his questions. And then he said, you're going back. I can't help you get out. At the end, he was kind of nicer, but still, they were really assholes. And just they, they pushed me back to the border, whereas I already exited uh, Iran. And you can only get a Iranian uh, one-way entry ticket. And uh, <laughs> then this guy on the border, who couldn't speak any English, like just shake his head and just like did his shoulder. Like He's like, had no idea what to do. And he just, she just, he just overstamped my exit visa with a new entry visa. 
yeah, which no. makes no sense and he 100% shouldn't have done that because when I was at the airport flying out of Iran this guy looked at me and like what and how what has <laughs> happened here and I explained it to him and he's like just go just go because that's not normal because I had set single entry visa and I accepted ex uh, went already outside so I actually had that situation yes and I was lucky because that guy couldn't speak English and he was like just go <laughs> Yeah, I had friends in this similar situation in Asia because, like, they're riding through around the world with motorbikes, and there's some weird rules with different countries. Like, yeah, you can't be a foreigner and drive in China. Or oh, shit. So anyway, so like on these borders, like you had to have all this paperwork sort out, and it didn't matter if you did it properly. Like, it's just such a rare occurrence that the border yeah, guards they're, they're don't like know assholes. what the fuck's going on. So then how they got around it was they just like, they'd go like five kilometers into the mountain and just drive around the border so they wouldn't even get a visa. They'd just fuck off or they'd run, they'd run the border gate and like the police would chase them and they'd just have to escape the police, which... No way. Yeah, like it sounds like worked? a fucking scary thing to do, but I mean, they said like after like three days trapped in this like, <laughs> trapped in this border zone... Um, yeah, they just couldn't handle it anymore. They didn't have a choice. Like, so they ran away in the motorbikes and they didn't get caught? No, well, they're fast. I've outrun police in Cambodia, actually, on a motorbike. They have a really random thing where <laughs> they'll just stop you as a foreigner and make you pay money. Like, Fucking asshole. And so I just got sick of this, man. Like, every few kilometers, there's a police stop and they're like, you pay me, like, fuck you sort of thing. So... Because I was on a dirt bike and they had these like shitty motor scooters, man. Yeah. I'd, I'd just fuck floor it going past them and outrun them and then go down a few side streets or whatever. And yeah, and they won't see you anymore. I mean, I could, I guess I could have gone to jail or something if they caught me. But I guess so, yeah. But it's probably a pretty stupid thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's 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 bad bad enough to be in these uh, in these uh, corrupt countries and seeing that all. I've seen it in the Middle East now. I've seen it before in India. I lost my passport there. And I got totally like into this like chain reaction, like chain log of 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 of, of shitstorm. Like it was a devil. What he called it? Is it called the devil's circle or what the fuck? Like I had no chance actually to exit this stupidness of bribery and bullshit. Like these guys would tell me, in order to get a new passport, you need uh, to go to the police and claim that your passport was stolen. But at the police station, the guy, first of all, and even to talk to me, he wanted a lawyer. So I had to bribe a lawyer to actually join me. Mm. And then that lawyer made happen that this guy actually also wanted a bribery again in order still to talk to me. For the translator? No. And then when we were that far that they actually said that we can go on with that like, this paperwork, he'll be like, okay, if you want that police report number, you have to publish a, a newspaper article claiming that your passport has been stolen. So whereas I would like, okay, so after like, that's already the third person I had to bribe, I had to go wow. to the local news, I'm not joking, man, my, my local friend was there with me, and he's like, I'm sorry, bureaucracy in this country, so shit, so he's like, okay, let's go, so we were like going to the newspaper station, and then they start doing the same shit over again, so he'd be like, unless you have the police report number, I can't publish that, that they would, like, they let, happily made me bribe them, so they already prepared the newsletter uh, article, they printed it, and they let me review it, and the translator review it, and it all cost money and time, obviously, two days in. And then the guy said, so, yeah, in order to publish that tomorrow, you'll be having, I don't know how much to pay, and uh, there's no police report number, so we can't do it anyway. So I did it all for, for, for crap, like for shit. And by then already my flight date came up, so I went back to the embassy. And I said that happened, that happened, and I can't do anything. I didn't. I'm in like in a, I, I'm in a circle which I can't really fucking. 
help myself anymore. What the fuck should I do? And this guy's like, oh, well, yeah, this happens from, some to, from time to time. We just don't need the police report. Anymore. You know, you will just get your passport tomorrow. I'm like, mm. what? Why wouldn't you tell me that in the first place? I just wasted two days and I don't know how much money on that. So it's like, yeah, I know bureaucracy in like corrupt countries and crap. It's just so it's stupid. A, I think it's like a bureaucratic death spiral. Like It's called bureaucratic death, death spiral. Yeah. yeah, I've heard of this happening not just in India, but in other countries. Yeah, you have to like pay the police for the report. Then you have to hire, a, like in Russia, I think. Yeah, another friend. He'd have to like hire a lawyer. Yeah. For the police, and then the lawyer would need a translator, and you'd have to pay the translator. Yeah, and you yeah, have yeah. to pay for the police report, and then for the insurance. Like it's just like yeah, exactly that 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 what happened to me, and it's not fun, and you can't do anything. I mean, at one point you need your passport, so what are you gonna fucking do, or to get yourself out of there? So it's stupid. So in Iran, um, because like no american websites work like did you find that you couldn't get on facebook or couch surfing like you need you a vpn yeah they're all blocked there's there's this is all just blocked and stupid so i had to install a vpn which i still have on my phone which comes so what's a handy, vpn so. exactly you don't know what is a vpn like Not vpn really, is no. just like a well it just uh like fakes your uh, location to another uh, oh, so it'll say you're working from Germany or something like yeah, that. yeah, yeah. you trick just like server. you trick the server that actually your incoming request from the IP address is not from actually Iran but from I don't know Russia I think it was always using Russian VPNs to the fastest so I just faked my location into being from Russia that would help me to open that page and just a very easy way to explain it. Because you had a similar problem in China because they ban a lot of American websites like Facebook and I, I like couldn't communicate with my family or anybody. So everyone just thought I was like dead. gone missing, yeah, or dead. But then I found in the clubs, like part of the feature of the club is they'll just have an open computer with like Facebook on it. Yeah. And everyone's like on Facebook in the club. Like it's fucking Feature, hilarious. really? Yeah, yeah. That's funny. Where was that? China, man. Really? Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, in China, I used that as well just now when I came over. And uh, yeah, you just need your VPN and it's fine. And it's a little bit slower, but it works perfectly fine. So you open that stuff. But it's still, it's like a struggle because you always have to connect. And, and again, like cards don't work. So it is not that easy. Like Iran is stri struggling uh, under these uh, sanctions, and especially the people are. So a lot of people are leaving the country, going to Georgia or nearby bordering countries to just like find work or do a different lifestyle. Because also the government over there is quite strict on women wearing workers and stuff. Like yeah. Oh, okay, so if you're a solo female traveler, what could you expect in Iran? Well, nothing but happy and friendly people. But you have to obviously like uh, cover yourself because this is like oh, well, so it's not a full burqa. It's like a hijab, which is just yeah, the you head just covered. Head covered. Yeah, the hair. Still covered. wear jeans and stuff like this. Or? Yeah, yeah, you wear jeans. Yeah, yeah. As a woman, you wear jeans. Yeah, right? okay. It's just the traditional, whatever it is. Do you know? It's I think so. It's a hijab, I think. I think privately they're wearing jeans, but. I think every woman there, when they're out, they're normally wearing like this dress. That's just this. Not like the burqa. Like I don't want to say it wrong because I didn't really have to wear it, and I didn't really have to, like, didn't pay uh, attention to that because when I met girls, it was like at home, our places, and whatever privately because they there they would be totally different. Obviously, I have I have travel. met solo female travelers that have done this trip. They go through like Turkey and down. Yeah, but Turkey is not that. Like Iran is one of the only left countries in the world which is obligation uh, putting on obligation for women wearing that worker covering themselves and doing all that kind of stuff there's only malaysia which is one island apparently still and i, re I read about it just recently 
Even Saudi Arabia lifted that, left, uh, lifted that uh, law so women can uh, walk freely with their hair open apparently now. Mm. Okay, yeah, and they'll they'll do the trip through like the um, East Central European countries to Georgia and then they'll end up going down to Iran like that. Yeah, yeah that's what we did. They just said so many friendly people and the mountains are amazing. I think you can snowboard there or something too, possibly. In Iran apparently, yeah, yeah, I know, but I didn't, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Coming from uh, Switzerland, uh, out of there, I don't really need to look for snow. Yeah, that's true. I'm yeah, fine. wow. Um, and so, how was Kazakhstan? Well, Kazakhstan actually, I, I we kind of flew, <laughs> passing it because we came from uh, Kyrgyzstan, crossing Kazakhstan in the north. It was cool because we had a local cool funny contact with a guy who like owned like a lot of businesses, so he invited us to his family dinner and his stuff. Like, it was really really interesting. Uh, it's really funny how people like differ, how their looks differ from uh, coming from Tajikistan and to Kazakhstan. I'm sorry, one second, I need to clear my noise. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, my friend, my cousin also went to Kazakhstan and he said that people were uh, quite unique in the way they looked. They're sort of like right in the center of Asia. Um, so they're like half European, half Arabic. Uh, half Asian with like jet black hair and it's quite interesting like that I don't know it will come fluently welcome back everybody from a little break yeah, we had lunch cut cut like yeah so I guess we'll wrap this up soon so I mean after is all is that what she said <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to say <laughs> <laughs> yeah so after all of your travels um, is there you know any I mean, you said you'd never been robbed, so I guess, is there any crazy experiences or stories you'd like to mention or any advice for anybody before we finish this? <laughs> stories I would like, like to mention, should I just like <laughs> censored uh, stories? <laughs> no, this well, is a full disclosure <laughs> podcast. We're not scared. To well, I'm not naked, so. To admit the truth. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, I can say I've been safely getting in and out of 160 countries and didn't have any, <clears throat> uh, let's say, dangerous stories or like close calls or like like life-threatening, uh, uh, yeah, people coming to me, guns and whatever shit, like what everybody says, like they're gonna get your kidney in Colombia or like I don't know, like they're gonna rob you, like like in Venezuela or whatever crap. This is just all bullshit. I just say I I had had generally like. Good people, great people. Every single country in this world has always good people as well. It's not like I've been to Afghanistan and they are all terrorists and they're all Taliban and they're all going to kill you. No, it's been generally like I went to a normal family which had dinner with me. They show me around. They generally told me like we don't judge people on their religion. We don't judge people on where they're coming from. We want them to come over here and see this. this country is also a country of human beings who are first a human being from the same planet where I am and you from. And then your forced nationality. So I can generally say, like, what I've seen and heard and done till now has been a safe trip. Maybe due to car surfing, maybe do friends of friends, but I can tell you it's been a safe ride. Mm, all right. Thank you, Philip uh, Torres. <laughs> and I own Mark Hill. And uh, Thank you for having me. No problem, man. Until next time. Till very soon, the next seven years. Follow our trip on uh, Global Degree. Anybody wants to see our trip and how we're going to end up, it's another 36 countries to go.
and then we'll see what's hap uh, what's up after. Yeah, Take awesome. Care, everybody. See ya. Nos vemos. Gracias. I hope you all enjoyed episode two of my podcast, Interesting People Everywhere. If you want to be kind, leave a review and subscribe. You can also find Philip on Instagram at philip underscore Torres. Today I'll be leaving you with a track called Distant from my band Polaroid. That's P-O-L-A-R-I-D-E, which is a project I started when I was on a working holiday in Germany. So I hope you all enjoy the sounds of me and my German colleagues, Zara, Johan and Franz. changed at first not really I thought it was nice quiet this taste is easier to handle you lick my lips then turn You would still recognize me Sometime ago Not that you cared for that at all Our pain.